welcome to the Camera Time Sport Podcast. Chris Dutton back in the hot seat again with you this week in the nosebleed section and joined by two of the greats again, Lucy Bataldo. Lucy, you're rugged up, ready to go out, been on the road already this morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. It's pretty chilly out there, so uh, pretty brisk morning to uh, wake up to. First day back, had a few days off. How was the long weekend? Yeah, it was good. It was good. My partner came down from Sydney, so... Was nice. You got to some footy on Friday night as well. Yeah, yeah. Some cold footy. Yeah, very cold. We'll talk about that soon. And the other one joining us today is uh, he was telling me just before we jumped on the podcast that he's feeling a little bit old, a little bit run down, doing too many workout sessions at his F45. <laughs> Kate Helmers, thanks for popping in. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm feeling a little bit ginger, but you know, for you, I'll be here. Very always. good, always. You never let me down, do you? The TikToking. Have you had any good TikToks this week? Nah, nothing. But uh, my follower count is just surging. I'm up to like fifteen hundred. Might be sixteen hundred. My last video got ten thousand views, mate. I'm just on cloud nine. Do you know what? I think it is actually um, from TikTok promotion on this podcast because I have actually <laughs> had one person say to me that they went and checked out your TikTok after hearing us talk about <laughs> it on the podcast. So uh, um, give, it a, give it a plug. What's your handle again? Uh, just at Caden Helmers. Get around me. Uh, there's a lot of gold on there. So All the dancing, yeah. all the good stuff. Very good. All right, another big week in Canberra sports, so we might as well jump into it. Um, we'll obviously talk plenty of Raiders and Brumbies, but just off the top, uh, Lucy, we've got Hockey ACT coming back this week, don't we? It's great to see sport coming back in Canberra. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be um, one of the, I guess, one of the first few major competitions to, to come back. Um, they're starting on Friday, I believe. So, you know, it'd be great. And then over the next few weeks, we've got some more coming back. So I guess this weekend would be the biggest trial we've had so far. Yeah, uh, we'll just move through a few topics quickly before we get right into it. The other one that's making news is A-League teams being stranded in Melbourne and denied entry to Canberra. Caden, right move, banning those A-League teams from coming into town? Yeah, definitely. We don't need those uh, Melbourne clubs bringing the, the Rona with them. So, But we've already I got the Rebels cool. here and we've got the Storm here this weekend. We're like the Melbourne yeah. hub. Yeah, but we, they got out of there when they were still allowed. Right. A-League just sat on their hands for too long. <laughs> uh, Raiders up to crowds of just under 6,000 this weekend. Lucy, you were out of the game on Friday night. I um, think there'll be a little bit more atmosphere this week when the, the Raiders play the Storm. Yeah, 100%. I must say, though, to those 1,500 people who were there on Friday, it was actually quite loud. Was it? Um, I don't know whether that's just because... Um, we've been used to silent stadiums and whether um, it kind of just, it was the contrast. But I think it's, you know, fans are just so excited to be there and they were they were cheering and doing chants well before the game started. So, um, you know, in, you know, what, time's up by five. I think it's um, really exciting. Yeah, it should be good. And Caden, Brumby's had a solid start to their season, didn't they? Good win against the Rebels last weekend. What did you make of them quickly? Pretty strong, made for a few nervous moments towards the end when the Rebels clawed their way back, but um, got over the line in the end. And I think a fair result. They looked the stronger side for most of the contest, at least, even though the scrum wasn't where they wanted it to be early on. But yeah, definitely the, the right team won, I think. 
All righty, let's get into the rest of Canberra Sport now. And we will move over to the Raiders to kick things off. They play the Melbourne Storm on Saturday night, going for their fourth win in a row against the Melbourne Storm, which is something that you don't usually see happen, uh, especially with Melbourne teams and Craig Bellamy over the years. Huge game for the Raiders. Plenty of news going around this week. C.S. Oliola is going in for jaw or facial operation on, um, on Wednesday to get that repaired. His season could be over, most likely over. Emre Gould is out for eight to ten weeks, I think. And Corey Horsburgh is obviously out, which opens the door for Kai O'Donnell to make his NRL debut this weekend. Lucy, you were out chatting to, to Charles Nickel Klockstad and Michael Oldfield this morning. What did they have to say? Um, yeah, well, I guess on, on the Melbourne side of things, um, Michael Oldfield's taking a lot of confidence, the fact that they, you know, beat Melbourne in Melbourne last time they met. So that's a really big confidence boost, um, you know, especially now they've, you know, had a win last round. Um, I think that's got to be a big confidence boost going into such a big game. Um, they had only good things to say about Kai. Um, you know, they said he's a really hard worker and um, he brings a lot of energy to the team. Um, you know, they're expecting, you know, I guess with all these chops and changes and people out, you know, the might, you know, people will be expected to step up and play more minutes or um, some of the backs might have to help around the middle a bit more. So there might be some more tired legs. So, yeah, they're, they're really excited for um, him to, to hopefully come on the field this weekend. Yeah, let's have a little listen to what they had to say at the press conferences on Wednesday morning. feel really nice. Um, you know, I think I said last week uh, it was a bit of a mission having to travel up and back on game day. And um, it, is, it is nice not having to worry about that and uh, focus just on footy. Yeah, I haven't heard about um, the, the changes in numbers, but um, I know we're going to be talking about it um, after this in the meeting. So I'm looking forward to, to what, what, what they've made uh, with the changes. And... Yeah, it was nice having having a bit of crowd there. Yeah, that's right. I heard that. I heard them radio. Yeah, it's it's you know it's exciting to actually look up the stands and actually see some people now. Um, they'll be the more separated and dispersed, but you know that extra four and a half k or whatever that's coming. Um, the parents come down, so it'll be good. It'll be a good weekend. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, we're obviously we're down on troops in the moment, but you know that that's that's how everyone gets their shot, to be honest. Um, and Kai's one of those kids that is more than deserving. Um, he's done a lot of work behind the scenes, and um, you know some boys do see, and you know we as players we we know he's uh, he's not um, short of any skill there and whatnot. He's a hard worker, and um, yeah, we can't wait for him to come out of there. Ah, uh, energy, um, enthusiasm. He's just. You know, he's a he's a very hard worker and, and, and something we need, you know, we need we need any energy off that bench and, and there's gonna be a lot of boys pushing a lot of minutes, so um, having him come off with the bench with a lot of enthusiasm and that would be good for us. How's he been around the group this week? You got told yesterday that he was playing, what's the what's his energy that been like? Yeah, we haven't um, had a training session um, after he got told, so today will be the first one, but um, you know he's been he's been really close the last couple uh, weeks. He's been 18th man for a few games there and um, I guess just their taste of NRL and being around um, the boys getting uh, preparing for NRL games and that I'm sure would have done him justice. Now, um, can you two 
have a guess. This is a bit of a challenge for you, a little bit of trivia. I want to see how close you can get. Who are the only other teams in the NRL who have ever won four games in a row against Melbourne? I'll tell you there are four clubs. Give me your best bets. You say Brisbane, the Roosters, South Sydney, and the Bulldogs. Back when they were a strong side. Lucy, who's your tips? I'm going to say the Roosters. Um, I'll go with the Knights from maybe around early 2000s time. Um, ooh, Brisbane. And let's go Manly. Oh, geez. You've both gone very close. I'm actually pretty impressed with how you both went there. So... It's Brisbane, the Bulldogs, Newcastle, and the Roosters, which have uh, all won four in a row. So, Lucy, three out of four, you said Manly, but you got the Roosters, Knights, and Brisbane. Caden, you left the Knights out. You're a Knights boy. Yeah, I know, but, yeah. I just even didn't in, have faith in the boys. Even in their glory is, mate. Um, yeah, when but, we had the goat, the yeah. undisputed goat. It's it's a start. Um, it's a rare achievement, isn't it, Caden? Like to to beat Melbourne four times in a row. Do you think the Raiders can can do it this weekend? I think it's a very very tough ask. I would have said had they been close to full strength, they could. But I think the past couple of weeks they've just had too much of an injury blow. Like Corey going, Sia going, Emre Gula going now. So it's there's a lot of pressure on guys like. Josh Papali now, I think, to really stand up and lead the way. He does that so often anyway. But if Melbourne can keep a guy like that quiet, then the Raiders are just going to be on the back foot all day. Um, do we think... Like, obviously, Dynamis Louis comes back into the side as well. Jordan Rapana's back from injury too, which means Curtis Scott has dropped. We'll get to Curtis Scott in a minute. But... Um, Listen, do you think having beaten them three times in a row just gives the Raiders that belief that, you know, even though they've got a couple of injury worries and maybe they haven't been playing their best footy of late, um, that, you know, they're not going to be phased by playing Melbourne in Canberra? Yeah, I, I think they've definitely got confidence from obviously going three in a row and, you know, particularly two of those games being in Melbourne itself and they've got that, you know, home ground advantage this week. Um, so there is definitely that belief there, but I think they're also realistic in the way that, you know, they've got injuries. Um, and also, if you think about it, the Storm are coming off a really, you know, grinding win, um, you know, against against the Roosters. Um, and I think that's you've got to kind of bring into consideration because with the Raiders' form of late, you know, as we saw last week with the Dragons, um, that last 10 minutes has been very crucial. Um, either they've climbed back. I think with with the Storm, if, if they're behind with 10 minutes to go, that's going to be a tough ask to get back up. And the other side of it is, you know, they let in some late tries last week against the Dragons. And with a team like the Storm, you have to be on for 80 minutes. Yeah. And that's going to be the, the, a huge difference this week. Um, particularly with so many of those players out. You're going to have tired guys taking on more load. You might usually take on that load or, you know, obviously we've got some young players coming in as well. So 
yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tough one. Yeah, I actually think that that being able to hold on against the Dragons last week will give them a huge boost in confidence just to get back on track a little bit. And knowing that, yeah, they took their foot off the throat a little bit in the second half, but they showed what they can do in the first half and, and really dominated the Dragons, I, I think is probably fair enough in saying. And maybe they got a little bit panicked, maybe because they were obviously C.S. Oliola and Emre Gula had been off. So they, I think, only had one or two blokes on the interchange bench. So, you know, maybe that took a little bit of sting out of them. I actually think they'll... Um, They'll give Melbourne a good run. This is a crucial three-week period. Caden, we've got Melbourne, then grand final rematch against the Roosters, and then the Storm. Oh, sorry, the Rabbitohs. Is it? that Those yep. three? Yep. Um, how many do they need to win out of those? That, that's against all top four teams from last season. So the Raiders were obviously in the top four, so were the Storm, Roosters, and Rabbitohs. How, many, how do they need to come out of this period? How, do they need to come out with three from three, or is... Is one a pass mark or? I'd say two is definitely a pass mark. You'd be happy to get away with two wins out of this next three weeks just purely because like it's so tight. I don't think you need to win all three because it's so tight at the moment um, around that sort of, well, even fourth down to almost 10th, 11th. So like there's not a whole lot in it. Um, yeah, coming out with two wins over the next few weeks, I think, is a pretty solid return given where the Raiders are at the moment, what they've been through on the injury front. So, yeah, three would be great. But, yeah, I'd be happy with two. Even one, still at the halfway point of the season, they're still in in the frame for the eight. So, yeah. realistically, it's, it's I don't think be... it's panic stations if they only come out with one as well. Well, the problem if they come out with one, right? So if they only win one of the next three games, they go to 12 points on the ladder. It gives all those trailing teams a chance to catch up. You've got Manly on eight points, the Rabbitohs on eight points, the Lucy's Tigers on eight points, the Sharks on eight points, the Roosters on 10 points, the Knights on 11 points, and the Storm on 12 points. So you don't want to be separated from that top by too much. You don't want the gap to open up. Um, too wide, I guess, which is going to be crucial to stay in touch with the, the mighty Parramatta Eels runaway leaders at the moment. Uh, one point clear on the top of the ladder. Uh, <laughs> Lucy, Curtis Scott, um, we obviously saw him shifted to the bench last weekend. He came on, um, had to play a different sort of role. This week, he's not in the game day 17. He's on an extended bench, which means he probably isn't going to play against the Storm. What 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 do we make of that? Is are we just looking at a guy who's horribly out of form or I think so. Um, like he's he had a lot of promise coming into this season, um, coming from the storm and he just that doesn't seem to have kind of I guess played to the his his form that he's has previously or to people's expectations, I guess, um, in, in Canberra. But um yeah, and um, Michael Oldfield was, was saying this morning that he's just lacking a bit of confidence now because um, he is a bit out of form. Um, so, I mean, to be dropped out, you know, to be brought into the into the squad now, to be dropped out completely, like, you know, I guess your confidence is going to take a bit of a hit. So, I mean, I don't think we definitely haven't seen 
the best of him in, in Canberra. But um, Michael Offer was saying that he's he has a lot of stuff to bring to the club, but he, you know, he's just got to get that confidence back so he can, you know, bring what he was signed to do. Yeah. Um, Polky did a great story in today, today's paper about Cia Soliola, who was um, kind enough to uh, speak to us before he had his operation to repair his face. If you, if you haven't seen the photo of the crack in his jaw, Jesus, it's a horror. It looks like he's been in a car accident. But the best part of his um, story is that he, he blended up KFC. Like, <laughs> have you ever tried that, Caden? Like, boxers probably blend stuff all the time, do they? Have you been blending up a bit of KFC? I haven't tried blending KFC, but um, I can see my Nutribullet just over there at the moment. I might have to give it a whirl. Lucy, would you would you blend a Big Mac or a Zinger Burger? <laughs> I don't even eat KFC by itself. Why not? <laughs> Let alone blend it. You're missing out. I don't eat out. fast food. <laughs> You're missing out big time. Um, but hopefully a speedy recovery for C. Obviously one of the older guys in the squad, but a true rugby league nice guy as well. So, C, I hope you're feeling better and um, recover quickly and and. Probably not going to see you back on the field this year and who knows what that means for the future. But the, we sort of touched on it at the top, Lucy, where you were talking about how the crowd made a big noise. So the changes in restrictions this week mean that 5,974 fans can go. That's ticketed seats. And then about another close to 1,000 corporate um, and extra seats as well. Um, that... What did you think of the empty Canberra Stadium, Lucy? I know you said it was loud. Was it louder than you expected or? It was a lot louder than I expected. Really? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know whether because they were spread kind of across a few sections on, on that um, western side. Eastern. Eastern side yeah. on the eastern side. Um, yeah. And so I don't know whether because they were all spread out that, the noise was coming from kind of the whole stand rather than fans bunching in one section. I don't know if that was why it felt louder. Um, but yeah, you had um, a number one Raiders fan, Simon um, Tayen was there with his drum. He was there and, um, you know, they're all doing the Viking clap again. And yeah, it was a lot louder than I thought it would be. So it was great to have that kind of atmosphere back um, you know, it's a bit, bit better than having silence and a cardboard cutout. See, maybe I was a little bit different because at the Brumbies game, because I obviously hadn't been to any of the Raiders ones where there had been absolutely zero crowd. Like, I, I um, yeah, there was a few Brumbies chants going up around, but it's still, like, it's hard, it's hard to replicate a big crowd, isn't it? Like, you know, Caden, you, you've experienced both. Do you, and, and so is Lucy, Caden, do you think that, um, you know, you thought the Brumbies crowd was good because you'd been to games with nothing? Or, like, do you think there was still maybe the, the Brumbies crowd didn't have the same sort of electricity than, than what a Raiders crowd does? It still didn't have that same sort of electricity. Um, I suppose that you, you grow used to when the world's normal. Um, like you said, there was a few Brumbies chants and stuff and the odd roar here and there, but it'd go up for two or three seconds and then it'd be silent again. So it was just, you'd be like, oh, here we go, the crowd's into it. And then it's just back to nothing again. So it was it was slightly better than, 
the couple of Raiders games that I'd been to in Sydney over the past few weeks, but still, yeah, it didn't really feel like really exciting or electric or anything like that. So fingers crossed they can get hopefully close to 10,000 by the time they're next at home in, what, three three weeks from now? August 1 is their next home game. Lucy, I saw you sticking your hand up there. Yeah, I'd, I'd say what I'd, one of the biggest differences I have noticed between Raiders games and empty stadiums and Brumbies, um, they have a really good crowd announcer who I think actually makes a huge difference. Yeah, right. Um, they had their, the, the usual guy back and um, so he kind of had everyone up and going. There was trivia at halftime. Um, so I don't know if that's a bit of a difference because the, the crowd seems to be more engaged. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that also feeds into it. If, if there was a big difference between the crowd, at, between the Brumbies and the Raiders last weekend, but that could be one thing. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. We'll see how they play out when um, they get six hours. I imagine those tickets will go pretty quickly when, um, well, they're already on sale to members, general public Thursday afternoon. I think they go on sale. Lucy, I know you've got to duck off. Um, before you go, we're going to do NRL tips very quickly. Um, so this week, the Thursday night game, we have the Cowboys v. the Roosters. Who are you guys going there? Roosters. <laughs> Very good. Titans v Warriors. Go the Warriors. I'll go Titans. Titans. People's team. Rabbitohs v Tigers. Rabbitohs. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm going to back the boys. Good work. Good work, Lucy. I like it. Sharks v Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. Funny, everyone was riding off the Sharks not that long ago. They're actually seventh on the ladder at the moment. So there you go. Uh, mm. Brisbane versus the Bulldogs, the blockbuster of the weekend. How's the Bulldogs? You know what? It's been six games. That's us. Let's go Brisbane. It's about yeah. to be seven. They, they have to. What a circus. They it, need to win one. Like well, They need to win one. Diverting super quickly. If Brisbane lose this one, does Anthony Seabold stay coach? He's skating on thin ice, isn't he? Yeah. It's yeah, it's not pretty. No. Yeah, I think more than um, a change of coach is needed at the club. Good point, Lucy. Uh, Raiders v Storm. 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 Knights v Eels. We know where this one's going. Parramatta all the way, baby. <laughs> and Newcastle's going to win the comp. Work, Lucy. You're my new favourite sports reporter. Um, Dragons v Seagulls to round out the weekend. Seagulls. Although they don't have Fanua Blake now because yeah. he's a grub. Um, go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dragons. Just quickly before you go, Lucy, what did what did we think of Adam Fanua Blake's um, comments directed at referees? Um, not a good look and. Uh, I've got a couple of interesting thoughts on it, but you guys go first. Lucy, what did you think? Um, well, as a former umpire, that's absolutely horrible to, you know, to, to I guess, use that language or, I guess, as someone who's played a lot of sport, there are times when you get really frustrated with the officials, which is understandable, but... 
I guess, to be using language, um, you know, like that directed referees is not on. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he has, you know, he's, he's got a punishment that he's, you know, got to fulfill. Um, but, you know, I think we've all said things on the sporting field we're not proud of as well. Um, what have you said, Lucy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty, uh, I'm all right on the field. Oh, she's a scumbag. Uh, yeah. uh, my problem is, is that I won't say anything. And if it gets really bad, if it gets to the fourth quarter of a netball match, sometimes it might come out in one burst, <laughs> which isn't a problem. But usually I'm all right because uh, I guess because I understand what it's like to be an official. I try not to show how much I am reeling inside. Um, but you just feeding, like um, she just starts swinging. <laughs> Uh, Helmers, yeah, usually my mum's there and she yells for me. Okay, <laughs> Helmers, what did you think of it? I think it was pretty poor. Like, totally understand that he's frustrated in that time. Like, I think it was a, you know, fair enough that they were up in arms at, at that time. Although they did get the rub of the green a fair bit in that second half, we won't won't go into that too deeply. But you know, um, yeah, pretty poor. It's not on. I think it's fair enough to swear or whatever or yell, but to actually use the language that he did, don't think, don't think there's a place for it. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I remember back in 2013 or 2014, it was David Pocock and Stephen Moore from the Brumbies um, called out one of the Waratahs players for uh, a homophobic slur that was said on the field in a Brumbies-Waratahs game, Jacques Pocquita, it turned out to be. And a lot of the conversation around that centred around, um, oh, what happens on the field stays on the field. This time, I think, like, it shows how far we've come because it's no one's using that argument anymore. It's unacceptable what he said. He, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't say it on the field. He shouldn't say it off the field. He, should, he shouldn't be... And I know um, we're saying, you know, it's all right to be frustrated, but, Lucy, as you pointed out, for I, I don't think it is okay to be frustrated towards referees and... Um, yeah, when you can't have a game without referees, is that saying that's always said? So he he's not the captain. He, he shouldn't have been speaking like that. Um, and, and I'm glad they've come out and come down hard on him because it's, it's not what what he said was horrible and bad, and he should be punished for what he said. But he he shouldn't have just been in that situation at all. Like, no. yeah, it, it shouldn't have mattered what he said. If he just swore at the referee, like he he shouldn't be swearing at the referee either. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if he fully understands. I watched a video of his apology and I don't know if he fully understands the gravity of, of what he said and, and how it impacts people. So you know, I've heard people on radio saying, you know, they were in tears like after hearing what he said and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, hopefully he learns a lesson from it. Lucy, have you got a duck off? Um, soon. It's a bit delayed. All right, cool. We will keep moving on. Um, anything else Raiders-wise we need to mention, rugby league-wise, NRL-wise? No, nah, silence is golden. All right, let's move on to the Brumbies. Um, they beat the Melbourne Rebels, hung on in the end, scored a late try to give them a little bit of breathing room, eight-point win in the end. They have a bye this week before returning. I think they play... Who do they play in the next game, Helmers? Tars in Sydney. Tars in Sydney on July 18, I think it is. 18. Um, 
so that's going to be an interesting one there. Uh, they've got the week off now. What, what did you make of their first game, Caden? Pretty happy with it. Like, pretty scratchy, but I suppose you'd expect that, their first game in three or four months or whatever it might have been. So I think once they sort of found their groove a little bit, the back line looked pretty impressive just as it did in the first, I suppose, instalment of the season. The scrum started to get things in order, but I suppose as Alan Alalatoa said, it was probably a little bit too late for them. Um, conceded six scrum penalties throughout the game and he said that the first two probably just painted the picture for referee Angus Gardner there. So, yeah, it wasn't the most polished performance, but they come away with five points. So I suppose you can't complain too much. Yeah, they got a bonus point out of it, didn't they? Because the Rebels only scored the two tries. So I think it was five tries to two in the end there, which is huge in such a, a short competition to get a bonus point win in the, the first week. Um, Lucy, I'm not sure whether you watched it or not, but... Um, no, we've spoken a little bit about Noel Alessio. Like, what have you liked about him so far this year? Um, I think I just, I've just been impressed with um, his decision-making and the way that he's had confidence to, to make decisions, um, you know, straight away. Because um, I think sometimes you find with young playmakers, they might overthink it um, and then not take those risks. But I think with Noah, um, I've been impressed with, you know, that he's gone, you know, he's gone for certain kicks or he's he's made decisions where they could turn out good, they could turn out bad, but that he's, you know, put confidence, he's backed himself to, to do it. That's what I've been impressed by. Caden, he, he stood out, um, didn't he? What did you make of his performance? You spoke to him afterwards. Yeah, pretty impressive. He didn't really, he took a little bit of time to settle in, I suppose, just as everyone did, but it didn't really look like he'd, spent too much time out of the game. He looked like he just was really happy to be there, looked really excited. And, yeah, just he seems to just have a really calming influence, which is pretty impressive for a 20-year-old kid. When everyone's talking about you as a Wallabies bolter, I think that can easily get to someone's head. But it doesn't really seem to bother him at all, which I think is, is pretty special because at the start of the year when he was sort of being talked up a little bit, I, I sat back and thought, all right, like, let's – let's settle down and just see how this kid goes. Like that's a big call, but he certainly looks the part this year and yeah, he doesn't seem to be overawed by anything. He's uh, he's definitely on the wall of his radar and he probably outplayed Matt Tamura again. Um, so that's two games in a row against the man most likely to be the wall of his fly half. So um, good signs there, Lucy sticking your hands up. You're waving goodbye. You're off. Very good. Thanks for joining us. Out to another presser. We will speak to you when you get back. Um, yeah. had one man who's sort of forgotten about in the Wallabies talk is Joey Powell. And personally, how did you feel like he played? Uh, yeah, obviously, there's a little bit rust there from the mistakes, but yeah. I, I enjoyed how he played. I liked, I liked enjoyed playing with Noah. Noah had a really good game. Um, I think that the work we've been doing on skills and that's paid off, so I uh, enjoyed it. Do, um, like I know you weren't in that extended Wallaby squad at all. Like, to, is your goal this year to get back in there to sort of send a bit of a message and say, hey, you know, I'm still here sort of thing? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, I'll always get the same answer and that always playing the best footy yeah. for the drums. Um, yeah. And if stuff comes on the back of that, then that's awesome. But I'm always just focused on playing good footy for the drums. Have you spoken to Dave or Dan about your ambition sort of thing or what you've got to do to get back there? Uh, yeah, I've had chats and, and, and 
and sort of things uh, roughly to work on and yeah. and that kind of thing, which, uh, yeah, which I'm happy with what I did tonight. Spoke with Dave. As well. What did he want to see from you? Uh, he probably spoke about a bit more of a running game sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's also something that um, not overplaying my hand in the shape that we play at Brahms. I think uh, it's something that uh, we did well tonight. Had took a few opportunities and then also gave the ball to Noah. So it's pretty balancing that. Um, off contract at the Brumbies, Nick White is coming in to the Brumbies, which means that Joe Powell's not going to be in Canberra next year. He's been linked to a deal over in America, but he's not going to. That apparently was just one conversation. I've spoken to him about that. Um, he's probably looking a little bit further afield, so Europe's most likely. But I, can Australian rugby afford to be losing a guy like Joe Powell? Like, surely you think he could be picked up at, at one of the other franchises? He's a four-test wallaby, but never really had a chance to prove himself on, on that test stage. You definitely think he'd be in that top five scrum halves in Australia, at least, like, pretty close. Like, I think it's, yeah, it's pretty remarkable that a guy like that that is definitely at that standard, it just doesn't really have anywhere to go, and it's a hell of a time to be off contract, isn't it? Going yeah. into just so much uncertainty overseas and here and salary caps and all that kind of thing. Like there's so much to consider at the moment. Yeah. He can force his way back into all of these potentially if he, if he keeps going well this year, but who knows? Um, the Rebels are still in Canberra. They're leaving Canberra on Wednesday to go up to Brookvale. They play the Reds up there for a home game. Doesn't look like they'll be going home anytime soon with what's going on down in Victoria and the border closures. Um, Caden, would you like to see him play some games in Canberra? Like, let's get some double headers at Canberra Stadium or something like that. I think it'd be brilliant, especially when you start to get a few more fans through the gates. Like, what better way to try and get some people excited about rugby than having four of the best teams in Australia, four of the only five teams, I guess, but all playing at one venue on one day, you can get hopefully close to 10,000 in there or whatever it might be. I think it would just be a really good way for rugby to just promote effectively like a festival style sort of thing and just get people excited and get some positivity around the game because, yeah, at the moment, would you say the Australian competition is is going to grab, capture everyone's attention? Oh, look, it's um, it's a tough sell, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know if having five teams can capture the the rug we really need the new zealand teams in there to to do that but um yeah i I think there were good signs on the weekend i I think rugby's still got a good base there it's just about getting it all right and making getting a plan for the future and and then it will all come together uh very quickly caden couple tips for this weekend rebels v reds reds uh, and Tars v the Western Force who make their Super Rugby comeback? I'll say the Tars, but it's only because the Western Force are a bit of an unknown at the moment. So. Jeez, I reckon yeah. the Force are going to get this one. I'm going for them. I, I, like, I like it. it. They're going to be fired up to prove a point. Um, whoever was going to play the Tars, uh, the Force first, we're, we're going to be in for a real red-hot battle. So um, that'll be an interesting one. Moving on to some other ones quickly, Caden. Um, I know you're jumping in to a meeting this afternoon, which will be run by Paddy Mills, a Canberra basketballer who's launched an initiative, We Got You, which is to stamp out racism 
in sport at all levels. Um, got a cross section, Patrick Dangerfield, Scotty CEO from the Brumbies, Lydia Williams, Daily Cherry Evans, uh, uh, Aaron Phillips. There's a whole heap of sports people jumping into this. It's a good initiative, isn't it, Caden? Just to, to get people talking about it and, and to stamp it out. Yeah, definitely. And especially someone like Patty, who's been so vocal about this sort of issue for a long time now, it really seems to have come a long way, especially this year. Like there's been a lot of movement, um, which has been really good to see. So it'll be nice to have a lot of athletes from so many different sports. They'll have so many different stories playing in all different places around the world to be able to come together and I suppose just help everyone to move forward as one. Yeah, I think it's a, a great move by him and he's got athletes from all other sports involved in it as well. So um, well done to Paddy Mills. Hopefully it really takes off and people listen because it's a very important message. We're talking about, um, you know, um, Adam Fanil Blake, what he said about disabled people, you know, racism's obviously a big issue in sport as well that needs to be stamped out. So um, not just from players but from crowds, everything like that. Um, the other one, quickly, Andrew Barr had a little bit to say about the A-League teams trying to come to Canberra. Let's have a quick listen to that. Well, the A-League teams who are playing in Sydney would need to come into New South Wales via Canberra. Uh, so you know, it, was, it was odd. It struck me as odd from the beginning, uh, but they we weren't going to grant an exemption uh, for footballers. Well, I think we've... We've been through this this movie. We've seen this film before, haven't we? Uh, and so, no, we've been very clear about this you know, from the start that we weren't going to have people coming out of hotspots in Melbourne. And it's not just the footballers; it's the entire entourage. It just it, it just wasn't going to work. They were going to have to go into quarantine like everyone else, and that didn't work for them. And so, they need to get to Sydney. They don't need to be in camp. I mean. I, again, I guess my starting point in all of this was why were they flying into Canberra in the first place? They're not playing here. The games are in Sydney. There isn't a Canberra team in the A-League. So it just struck me as a very odd way to get into New South Wales. Caden, what, you said it off the top of the show that um, right decision. What, why do you think it was the right decision to not let the three Victorian teams use Canberra as a halfway house? Effectively, just because... If they weren't going to grant exemptions for the AFL, then then why do it for the A-League? I think one rule sort of fits all. I, I know that the Rebels have been based here and that kind of thing, but they sort of got out before everything kicked off really badly again. So, uh, yeah, it's just, I think, fair for the ACT government to stand their ground on this one and just say, like, if you're going to come here, you've got to have 14 days in quarantine, which obviously wasn't really going to work for the A-League clubs who need to be basically getting straight into training at the moment with their season not too far away. It sort of uh, sums up the FFA's view of Canberra, doesn't it? Or like always using the city as a bit of a stepping stone to something bigger and better. That yeah. like, it's, it's a beggar's belief that they thought they could come into Canberra without needing to quarantine because the government's been very clear on the quarantine rules that they were following New South Wales. So if you can't go to New South Wales, I don't know why they thought they could land in Canberra, stay here in hotels, go to the shops, train on fields. Like, I, I was just completely shocked. So, um, yeah, I, th I think it's fair enough to not let them in. But is it a missed opportunity? Because they were talking about maybe playing games here as well. So yeah, may maybe it is a little bit of a, maybe there could have been a compromise worked out somewhere. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, because Canberra, there's there's still a lot of people in Canberra that want to be a part of the A League and want to see big games here and all that kind of thing. So you almost want to build that relationship with the FFA and something like this is just a bit of a roadblock to that. Like, did the FFA look at this and be like, well, they didn't really want to look after us then, so why should we look after them in a little while when we're looking at expansion or whatever it might be? I think the ship sailed on a relationship with the FFA, but um, (laughs) we will see. All right, mate, anything else you want to mention quickly or you're all done? I think that's me sorted. Very good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Caden, and thanks to Lucy who had to duck out early. And if you've got any questions or thoughts for us, drop us an email. If not, we'll uh, chat to you next week.